weird. All right. Um, this is Monday Night Men's Forum. I'm Matt from Up Life. Tonight's topic is the social mask, which Grant thought was super awesome, by the way. Uh, <laughs> we were going to talk about winter plans, but that will be next time probably. Uh, tonight we have Jeremy, do you like donuts, which Drake called you no more donuts uh, last time, which was super funny. Who did? Uh, Drake. All right, so I don't, I don't know who Drake is. I don't know is. who that is. Don't worry about it. it he's, he's in the Telegram. And Homestead. No, I know that much, but I don't know who that is. I mean, like, I, Shudra I was just on, and I don't know what happened to him. So the topic tonight, no, the social mask is like how you present yourself online. Like, is are you being authentic or are you not? And there's a reason we're talking about this tonight because I got beef with Jeremy. Oh, what? Dude, and he said that like two weeks ago. He he had me going. I'm like, what happened? No, what I legitimately mean, had a problem about? with with. I had a I had a problem with Jeremy, and I still have a had, problem with Jeremy. Had or have? What did uh, I do? Okay, let's uh, let's let's do the thing. Whatever we do, personal event. Jeremy, go ahead. Uh, personal event. Uh, I've been fighting Facebook all week. It's not been good. It's not been fun. Someone has created a page, a Facebook page out there called Do We Like Donuts and has stolen all my content from TikTok and posted it out there. And it has not been fun. Uh, Facebook is useless at trying to get that stuff taken down. Every every request that I send in, they're like, well, we need more information. It's like a canned response every single time. And I've sent four copyright infringement requests to them and nothing's been pulled down. It's just, it's been a, no joke, have probably spent 15 to 20 hours of my week. It's you. <laughs> yeah, it's I hope, me. I hope it is because I will drive up there and punch you in the throat. <laughs> <sighs> come, come get some. <laughs> um, no, that sucks, dude. Yeah, it hadn't been fun. Um, it hadn't been fun at all. And then I found out tonight that like there's really not much I can do about it. Really, not you much could I can do about hack it. his account. Oh, and just take it over. It, but but I'm not that tech savvy. You could just hire somebody to do it. Is it worth it? Like that's that's where I'm at. Right no, now. it's totally worth it. Yeah, totally. I'm gonna get you soon, bitch. <laughs> I mean, I want to, but you know, yeah. So there's, there's that. That's that has not been fun. I'm, I think there was some other event that I had that I was gonna share, and I don't remember what it is now. But oh well, that's consumed my entire week. Padre, what a what a waste of time! Like that of all the things to be doing with your week. Well, it really is. I mean, like I haven't posted any videos. Uh, actually, I did post a video that was just being dumb the other day, but. Um, like I haven't been able, been able to devote any time to any um, any stuff that I would normally devote my time to outside of my normal job, and that like that's it's been ridiculous. All to find out that unless I unless every video that I post out there, I um, file a copyright claim or file a file copyright. I don't know what the correct terminology is, but basically I copyright every video that I do. Hmm. There's really nothing that I can. There's really not a whole lot I can do about it. Sure. So, um, oh well, man, it'll it'll get fixed uh, or it won't, right? It probably won't. I am gonna, um, yeah. I'm, th there are some things that I'm gonna do that I can talk about later. I'm gonna talk about it on a live podcast. Not that anybody's gonna try to 
do anything to my namesake and all that. It's just it's, sure. been, a, it's been a nightmare. Sure. Grant, thanks for being uh, here. Yeah, look, I can't miss it at this point. It's just a bi-weekly habit now. You cut, you cut me off. Uh, we're weekly. Um, so I've been to my first two farmer's markets, and then we heard back from the property we're trying to get, got it priced, and then ended up going and meeting with my – she's my great aunt yesterday, finalized the price. So that could be given to the lawyer so she can write it up and submit it to the judge. So is it a fair price or is it still overpriced? No, it's 11,500 an acre. It's a bad price, but again, it's, it's still not bad. You're trying to get under 10, right? Yes, it should have been like nine, but overall it's 13 acres of relatively very nice land with a 177-year-old house um, with creek access. Um, it's it's not really nice. It's going to be, I think, about 176000 said and done. They're paying closing. They're paying, well, not exactly, but uh, they're paying closing. They're paying survey fees. They're paying everything, which comes mm -hmm. out to be about 20000 Wow. Nice. All right, going around. Uh, Shudra, go ahead. Welcome. Thank you. What are you in, like, New York, right? That's where you're from? Um, yeah, upstate New York. Was <laughs> <laughs> it Manhattan? I thought I recognized that accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in the southwest of Western Australia, which is not Australia. It's on the other side. It's like a different country to Australia. We do, we do our own thing over here. So, um, and, and it's very clearly daylight there, so you're not on the uh, uh, <laughs> U.S. Andres in the dark, literally. <laughs> it is 9.38 in the morning. I um, fed all the goats, I fed the chickens, and I chopped the wood, so I'm good to go. Done all my chores for the morning. Nice. Nice. Good. Thanks for being here. Thank you. And also, um, 11... No, not 11. We have a total of 11 goats now after the birth of five um, kids over the last week. Uh, week and a half. So that's a new exciting nice. development here. I need to boost my volume. I can barely hear him. Can everybody hear him fine? Okay. Yeah, I can hear him. Oh, okay. It was okay. It was a little bit choppy. Okay. Uh, long story. It's been a while. I've been a busy man. <laughs> um since you've been born yeah. well no i've been i've been working a lot with asia so we've had a lot of late calls on mondays so it's been tough to make this but um yeah so uh i guess i was giving a recap since so i was last here of everything that's happened um <laughs> uh something recent i guess yeah <laughs> so so uh a couple things we've had a two, two calves born in the last couple months which is cool it's about three and a half weeks old you guys hear me okay yep um, and, uh, we just got through getting our logo for our farm store that we're trying to open in our downtown. So that's pretty exciting. I'm looking at it on the floor right now. And, uh, we're going to put that up in the window and get our contractor in here right away. So hopefully that'll, that'll be able to open soon. Um, and, uh, I learned a hard lesson of keeping animals longer than I should have that weren't right for our farm. And, uh, Finally took them to the sale. I 
I actually did pretty well. So that was a nice, nice thing. Get rid of some pigs I was feeding for, you know, for nothing and some goats that weren't part of our future. So those are some big things that we've done lately. Nice. Sounds like all good things. Life is, life's pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for being here. Padre, yep. welcome. Hey, how's it going? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm in the dark, working in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, uh, something recent? Um, I got a new greenhouse. Uh, hey, I can, sweet. Like, like, like an actual greenhouse, not a hoop house that's going to blow away in the next storm. Uh, I, I was going to say, it is it made out of trampolines? No, no. Well, it's made out of metal. It is um, metal construction and panels. It was actually given to me. We was over at a uh, friend's house. If any of you are on YouTube, uh, it's Dirt Rooster is his name. He does bee removals. So he called me and he's like, I got some bees. I need a home for it. I don't have any hives. Do you want them? I was like, yeah. So he's over there. His wife's like, hey, we got this greenhouse that's been here for eight, two years and we never use it. Do you want it? I'm like, yes. So wow, um, it's nice. Grant's jealous. It's not. It's not an expensive one, but it ain't a cheap one either. It's definitely higher than my budget. <clears throat> Other than that, uh, we're in the busy season for markets. October, November is our. I make a third of our income in these two months for the year. Holy smokes! And then uh, getting getting my winter garden sown and growing. It's just been it's been work 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 work. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah. So this past weekend, I went over to a neighbor's house and consulted them. Okay. On some electrical. That was it. That's all I did. As far as any uh, local um, authorities are con are concerned, I consulted on some electrical for my neighbor and that was it. And in exchange, they're paying me part cash and part in stock tanks. So I saw some stock tanks in the yard. I'm like, how about how about some cash in those two stock tanks? And said, "Yep." So I'm upgrading my rain catchment. That's why I want the stock tanks. So how many stock tanks did you get? Two. I love. And then, yeah, they're little ones. They're like uh, like between 150 and 175 gallons, something like that. So i'll play them around the property and then yesterday we went to a local place picked some like 30 35 pounds of apples or something like that turn into i don't know we're gonna can them and make applesauce and stuff picked nice. up some pears so yeah it's a good week apple butter Have you ever apple, made butter. apple butter oh yeah i ate it for lunch today i have apple nice. buttered 30 pounds of apples in the last four days <laughs> We made a ton nice. of it last year and canned it. Um, we had this year. Guess we need to. Yeah, it's time. So, so here's my here's tonight's topic. Jeremy said something the last time he was on. He said he didn't post a video of him doing something. That he was afraid of the backlash, and so last week was it last week? I called you up. I'm like, hey. You fake. What'd you tell me? I was going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like, uh, what, what he, you're what like, you what's your about? problem? Yeah. 
and so like i i explained like what you said and there was like something else uh because you were well, you couldn't like, remember you couldn't remember what it was that i didn't post you were trying yeah to that helped out that helped a lot that i couldn't remember what i was mad at you about um which I think it's funny that he was mad at me without actually talking to me about it. Like, like, yeah, I, 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 I want to know how long you stood on it before you said something to me. I just want to see the video. Okay, so Jeremy said he got like a half, half. He bought half a cow and he didn't post a video of him like putting beef in the freezer because it would piss off a bunch of his followers or something like that. And I'm like, why would you not post that? That's like, that's awesome. And uh, right. he. He was like, Go ahead. it's not worth it. It's not worth the headache of people leaving nasty comments. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's like part of your life. It's like you put like half a cow in your freezer. Like you should flaunt that. Like you should. So, I, so, so I'm like, what else are you hiding from me? So, so, so can I can I just say, though, that it's odd that you would put on a public men's forum podcast style thing this topic and just out everybody with all their insecurities and you know <laughs> precautions they take to protect themselves hey you it's know like, what kind I'm of outing right? i'm gonna out myself too i've got i got like a list of of things i'm gonna out myself on because i don't want anybody to get the wrong idea like hey you know you're you're this type of guy i'm like yeah i'm definitely not that type of guy and i'll show you <laughs> so let me let me so uh so matt called me he texted me i even got to read the text to you man like because it was it was uh <laughs> i couldn't tell if he was joking or not i couldn't no i was i was concerned his humor is very dry he said yo dude what's so it's up it's very said, hard to tell the difference oh it is but he he texted me he said yo dude what's up and i said what's up he goes missed you on monday i said absence makes the heart grow fonder blah 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 busy fair enough wanted to call you on something but i'm a gentleman what going to do it behind your back your entire social media. I'm like, well, that doesn't narrow it down. Like, like, and he wouldn't tell me through text. He's like, no, we got to talk. I said, is it the equivalent of we need to talk? And he goes, it depends on your answer. So, and then he calls me. So like, like, I was like, dude, Look, what's, what's he like? Like part of me didn't really care, but part of me did like, like part of me was like, so what Matt's pissed at me about something. What did I, I don't, I mean, I don't you know. <laughs> But uh, but no, but it was a valid point though. Like, am I being fake on social media? And we had a, I think we had a good conversation about it. And and we the did. post that the post that Matt was talking about is I had posted on Instagram. So we bought a half a cow and a half a hog this year, which is something that we've wanted to do for a long time. And I posted a picture on Instagram with just some everything that we did, what it cost, the process, just to, in the description. And I lost 500 followers like that. Now, I mean, like, like I got 30,000. I mean, but like 500 is still a lot, but like it just, it made a big dent. Like it dropped me below a threshold that I noticed. And, and it was all over the course of like two or three days. And I was like, dang, it has to be related to that post. And so, like, a lot of the followers that I had out there, I guess they're probably, like, animal rights people, maybe, and or they're, they they see that I'm taking care of chickens, and that I, I don't know, they think that you shouldn't eat meat, maybe. I, I don't know what, they, but, but I lost 500 followers, and it gave me pause to think, well, should I post this video out there on TikTok or on, on Instagram and potentially, you know, take, you know, 30,000 Instagram followers to 25,000 or, you know, drop my TikTok following by 20,000. I, I don't know. I mean, like, like, is it worth, 
is it worth losing that many followers to post this video out there? Yes. And then, and then is it worth the backlash that I, re I might receive from it? Um, also, yes. By, by way of negative comments. Well, but that, that every person's different in what they think is worth it. Um, do I want to deal with the backlash and the headache of that? And, and I, and I not made up my mind. It was just a, I need to think about this before I post it. And so that's what made Matt think I need to call you out on this. I need to, we need to talk about this. Are you being fake? And it's not, I don't know that it's, I'm being fake. It's that I'm being cautious when, if I had 2000 followers, I wouldn't care, but I've got 30,000 on Instagram and 250,000 on TikTok, And like, I make money off of those, you know, off of video views. And if you like, it's a source of income, like, so you have to think about it a little bit and be strategic. And this and is also, how he flexed on me when we talked. He's like, you know, not to like put you down or nothing, but you know, um, no, I remember I did say that. I did say that. 10,000. Because you irritated you because you did irritate me a little bit. <laughs> but um but like there was another example that I gave you that I'm not going to share on here, but like if I had posted a video about what I had done to how I had handled the situation, the animal rights activists would have come out. My, my account would be flagged and taken down. And it's like, I can't at, at 2000, 5,000, 10,000 followers on TikTok. I, I don't, the, the, the consequences aren't as big, I guess, you know, where, whereas I can I've understand that up, I've built up what I've, I've built. And it's like, I gotta, I gotta tread lightly because if I, if I piss off the wrong person, if the wrong claims remain, TikTok will pull you down like that. If you're not careful, like I have to be careful with what I post. Is it, is it that I'm trying to hide something? No. Is it that I'm being fake? I don't think so. It's just I choose not to share it because I don't want to deal with backlash. I think, I think what you're doing is fine. I mean, you're catering a product to a Matt Dunn. <laughs> If you're, I, I don't get income from any of my social media, so I, I can't really speak. But to me, you're you're a company tailoring a product to a audience, to a customer base. But you don't want to be, but but to Matt's point, though, you don't want to be disingenuous. And I'm not, and I'm not. I don't feel like I am anyway. No, I, I was doxed, doxed twice last year, so I'm I am well aware of what backlash looks like from yep. from a post on Twitter. So. I get it. I get. It. I can see both sides of the argument there. Now, are there are there other things about my life that I don't share out there? Absolutely, I choose not to share because I don't want to. I don't want to disclose them. It's just it's my personal life. I don't like. I don't even my, my real name. Jeremy's not even out there on my channels. Um, a lot of people know what my real name is, but like nobody knows what my full name is, where I live, who I really am, or if they do, I don't know about it. That's fair. You, hey, I, the story I told you last week was there was somebody that I interviewed and I'm friends with them and they're nice people. They're great. We even bought a quarter cow and half a pig from them last year, I think it was. But I will not do it like, like, through like social media. We, we are like not friends because I can't. I don't know. I, I can't. Oh, what was the word I used? I don't remember. I just can't be a part of whatever it is, like how they conduct themselves online. Like they're 
they're play they're they're playing they're too much into the algorithm. Like they they're doing things just for the likes and the clicks and the this and that. Like I'm like is it like click baiting or is it more of just like rage baiting? Click baiting. In a fake way? Oh yeah. Yep. So it's uh like if that's how you want to be, like that's fine, but I don't have to I don't have to endorse that. Like I'm not gonna have that around. So Right. I have friends in real life that I actually met on Twitter and I no longer follow on Twitter. Uh for this reason. Their accounts changed, they began doing what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just completely disassociate with them online. But in real life, they're a completely different person. Does that make sense? Hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, so they they're have a, good a social person. mask. Yeah, yep. they have a social mask. So in real life, they are a person that I can call on if I need them. They'll always be there. Um, but online, they're, they come off as the type of person that's just hmm. a jerk. I about said something else. I don't know if I can cuss on here or not. So. So here's something. Here, here, I'll out myself right now. This milk that I'm drinking, like, yeah, we buy some raw milk, but this is Costco milk. You know why? Because it tastes awesome. It tastes really good. I like the way Costco milk tastes. That's not very trad of me. Or like, but I even posted a picture of uh, of my fridge one time where it was like, almost all the A2 Costco milk. It's like still still a slave to the system. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean like I I mean we're all consumers. Yeah. You know, we try we try to grow as as much as we can, but it, and here's the other thing is, is it's some people and and I have seen people say this and I've even commented and said don't get them don't get the wrong impression. That, that we are a self-sufficient homestead because that is not it sure. at all. We are, we are, I, I, I dislike the system, the supply chain, the way that it is. I think everybody should try to grow some of their own and it's a process. And that's, mm-hmm. we're on the, we're in that process somewhere. We're not a, we don't buy everything from the store and we don't grow everything. We're somewhere in the middle there. And, and I'll, you're, every you're year, supplementing I wanna, everything you're, you can until you can fully sustain yourself. And will we yep. ever get there? Probably not. Most people, I mean, Joel Salatin even said that it's almost impossible to live 100% self-sufficient. Absolutely. Like if somebody can do it, Joel Salatin would be the one that I would say would do it. Or Guy. Well, Guy, well, Alaska. If, yeah. If you go back 250, 300 years ago where people tried to model their lives off of, people still traded. People still bought at the general store. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, you still depended on others for other things. Go back 1,000 right. years, 2,000 years. It's always been the same thing. You know, yeah, here, Roman Empire, all that. I mean, everything. Yeah, I'm out myself this past Saturday. I went to Starbucks. Ooh, that's crossing I, a lot. I'm just and kidding. I, <laughs> and I enjoyed, I enjoyed my triple fifty white mocha. <laughs> <laughs> but like we, all right. So we, um, I like eating a good home cooked meal. Right, you go out the garden, pick stuff. You you buy stuff. I mean, like we again, we bought a half a cow. So like it, it's we're buying from reputable sources. We're not buying big box. So we're trying to supplement and, and do things more sustainable, but like we go out to eat all the time. I mean, we, we both work very busy, high stress jobs and 
Now we, when we go out to eat, we eat at places that are local and clean. We're not eating fast food and stuff like that. But like, yeah, I mean, we, I go eat, you know, we go eat out all the time. I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, am I hiding that online? I mean, by not, am I being a, uh, an imposter by not disclosing that online though? I don't think so. You've said it here several times. I mean, you, so, you can't share every detail of your life online. I mean, I guess you right. could, but who, nobody. Who, that's the thing. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to see that. Yeah, <laughs> that's not true. Instagram was just made for taking pictures of your meal and sharing where you're going out to eat. It was. It was. Maybe I should start posting those out there on on my. You're like, do we eat donuts? And that's just do that. Do we eat donuts? But like, it's also like, you know, deception is like another form of like lie or uh, omission, lie by omission, something like that. So like, maybe you talk about, I'm not, I'm saying you like generally, not like you specifically. Not me, me. Right. 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 Just like, Hey, you know, I'm gardening, I'm working in the kitchen, I blah, blah, blah. And so like, oh, so he's not showing himself doing all these other things, but he actually is doing all these other things, but it's not how it looks online. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. So I actually have a video in my queue on TikTok and I want to redo it, but basically it's just a, it's a, it's a quick little like. The title is I got called crunchy for the first time. (laughs) And so like it's point of view, you got called crunchy for the first time and you got to keep up appearances. So I'm cracking a beer and eating a burger. Like, like stuff, like, can I point out like, like, like I'm not, huh? Can I interrupt and ask what crunchy means? Uh, Like all natural, (laughs) like, yeah. Like you, you uh, make homemade deodorant you, you make your soaps, you know, you, Oh, okay. Did, didn't you guys hear about the? Didn't you hear about the crunchy to alt right pipeline yeah, and how man. that was like a thing? I went. I got that irritated the crap out of me because I ended up down that rabbit hole. And most of the people who say that are just straight up retarded. They're just you can't say that out here, Grant. You can't say that out here. I'm yeah, sorry, I don't, man. I don't know. What is this crunchy to alt right pipeline? Oh, what does man. that mean? I brought I it up in the Telegram. I brought it up in the Telegram one time. Nobody listened and, to uh, Grant. There, there was an article in like uh, Vice or the Atlantic or Vox or some of those types of magazines that was talking about this family that was at a uh, farmer's market somewhere in the like in the Midwest or something. And it turns out the mom who's this crunchy mom is also like has some some, uh, you know, some uh, like uh, what is that like Viking, you know, username avatar on some alt right you know, white supremacist website or something. Oh, so wow. that it was like making this connection that these people, these backs of the landers are, are all heading down this right wing path. And, you know, cause it, a, a lot of times, you know, you talk about like, uh, when, when I was younger, you know, mother earth news, you know, it, it, it didn't generally show up at Republican households. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like it was considered right. kind of a left wing kind of hippie yeah. thing, the back to the lander thing. And they're saying that it's it's all switched now, and so they're kind of turning it into this right wing trope or something. And 
you know, I, I think what's really happened is just a lot of people want more authenticity. I don't think their their politics is really the driver. But anyway, right. it, that's an opinion. But it's funny you say that because my dad, who is 64 years old, calls me the family hippie because of how I live. But I'm actually pretty conservative. So yeah, it's it's like they've turned like almost like the. I feel like it's a way to target self-sufficiency uh, with headlines, pretty much. Yeah, if you tie self-sufficiency, stepping away from the system, to right-wing, right-wing, right-wing extremism. Yeah, no, <laughs> it, yeah. It's a. Well, here's here's my theory. Um, I think it's got a lot to do with preppers. I think there's yeah. a, a blending in this view of homesteaders and preppers. Preppers, yeah. I think. Do that's where I got my. That's where I came to. Right? That's how I came to homesteading. I started in prepping. Yeah. I got here. Yep. I started with like, hey, I need some backup food supplies to, well, hey, what if something happens? I don't, I have to be able to replenish this. I need to learn how to grow it. Yes. I live live in Hurricane. I grew up. I grew up. Yeah. I grew up. My dad had literally, my mom and dad had six tons of wheat in their basement. And at one point, 900 quarts of canned food, like several five-gallon buckets of honey. That's the way I grew up. I, I, I like when I look at my pantry when I was like in my you know early 20s, living in a townhouse in Miami or whatever. I'm looking at my freaking pantry and panicking because it's like feels un, unnatural not to have a deep you know like just to be able to walk in and go oh nothing you know nothing nothing new from the store oh that's no problem we'll just go grab a a box of three-year-old pasta we got dinner you know it just it really felt, is a nice feeling <laughs> yeah it's a huge peace of mind and and we, we, when i started getting more into kind of prepping and really it's, it happened really right my dad passed away in 2011 and that's when i kind of really started kind of you know i, I didn't have my dad there anymore so it's like felt like this is what i need to be taken care of to do take care of my own family and when i started doing it um you know i was on a business trip and the power went out and you know it's all these problems and my wife actually called me up and um, she goes man everybody on facebook's like freaking out because they don't have any diet coke and she's like i've got propane gasoline i've got a generator i've got all the food i need i'm set and she's like this huge peace of mind thank you so much for getting that stuff in order and it's like that's that's what you do it for right i mean that's what i do it for at least you know so no agreed like it's i don't have any diet coke in my pantry either just by the way I, I know you're a soda stream kind of guy. I get it. Um, we are too. It just doesn't taste the same. I want to throw it away. Uh, well, soda, soda stream? Yeah. So, so Would you, you say, like Patre? So I don't like my Mexican Coke. Mexican Coke is hard to beat. It's pretty good. So you're saying you don't like the soda stream as much as no it tastes weird it's not the same it's not the same flavor it's close but it's not close enough so i i also just don't drink it i don't i don't really care for it are you talking about like flavoring yeah soda stream is like at home carbonation drinks i just do carbonated water with my little thing i don't do anything flavored is that i guess you're are you flavoring it so like you gotta do the thingy you got, get, you got to put the carbonation in it and then add um, the syrup. Yeah, no, that, that doesn't happen in my house. Add the what? 
syrup. Syrup? Syrup. It's like you said syrup. Syrup. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> okay. Down here we front of the way you said it. Yeah, down here we pronounce it syrup. Syrup. That's right. Syrup. Oh, I forgot I'm with a bunch of southerners. Like this is Did you say syrup? How did you say that? He he also rolled his R like syrup. It's like I'm Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was making fun of you. I I, I don't hear it. I only hear right. it uh, the wrong way you guys say it. So, mm-hmm. so like, so what else? Like, what 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 are some other things? Like, I think Padre had touched on where there's like his 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 friends in real life versus friends online. There are some people online that I've actually like, you know, interviewed or tried to interview. And like, um, over time, I'm just like, you know, I can't even, I can't even follow you anymore. Just like I, you're, you're so, you're so dramatic all the time. You're constantly starting like fights and stuff. I just like, I, I can't even be a part Drama. of this. Just drop them. Just like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> See ya. I mean, my, my Twitter account is, is pretty much um, me. Uh, there's no difference between the real me and what I, what I post on Twitter. It's what I do every day. The only thing that I omit from my um, tweets is anything that can identify me. Because um, Joel Sellerson has the uh, saying, everything I want to do is illegal. I have the alternate saying, everything I do is illegal. So, yeah. <laughs> There's, there's very little I do on here that's actually legal. The electricity, I've done all my own electricity. It's, it's not hard. Black, black is negative, red is positive. You can't go wrong. Um, so, yeah, pretty much what you see is what you get. Um, the Twitter me in real life is the person you want to talk to. It's just I've stripped everything away that could possibly dox me. Hmm. I bet his real name isn't even Shudra. Yep, you'd think. <laughs> but but then, then you have to ask the question: Who is who is more real, um, Shudra or that other guy who who doesn't appear on Twitter? I mean, who's the more real me? In the end? Mm. Deep questions. I I don't you know uh, I I our account I run it as a farm account, so I try to avoid topics that are too far from things that seem relevant. Um, I'll make a couple of comments, political comments every now and then, but mostly I talk about, you know, the farm and what we're doing there and homeschooling. And, you know, I try to avoid some of the topics only because it's a farm account. Um, I had a Twitter account for a long time. It was kind of just typical libertarian style stuff. And I actually think I connected with Shudra on that account a long, long time ago. Um, that was aware of, at least aware of his account back then. Um, and, you know, it, it just, it was just very typical stuff and I, I don't really like to fight. So it wasn't really that fun to have a political account you didn't fight with. So, um, this is a lot more like, isn't necessarily the real me in the sense it doesn't represent everything that I do. Um, doesn't have anything to do with my job, stuff like that. But it's the, it's the me I aspire to be when I'm no longer, uh, working for the man, so to speak. Um, it's, it's what you would get if I were a full-time farmer. So that's as authentic as I can be. That's what I want, you know, for my life. So, right. 
Well, well I mean, and, just, ahead, today, just today, I removed my personal self from my Twitter account. So my main Twitter account now will be all garden, farm, moving in the winter. There'll be some hunting stuff on there, things like that. Um, yeah, I'm, I made the decision to remove my personal views from that account. I spun so, up my personal account alongside my farm hop life account just so I could talk about stuff that wasn't farm related because once I, I was like, well, if I'm actually going to have like farm hop life as like a business, it should be treated business like. Now, it doesn't mean yeah. like you, everything's like all sterile and stuff like, you know, you still got to be authentic, Jeremy. <laughs> yep, and I do have I do have a personal Twitter account now. That has a lot less followers, but but once I did that, once I separated the two, like and just did farm content on Farm Hop Light, like like uh, engagement went up, you know, followers went up. Not that like I like the engagement is more what I care about. The followers, I don't really, I don't really care. Like, oh, whatever. Like the engagement like, is just, definitely always fun. It is if it's if it's the good kind of engagement and not just yes. like trash engagement. That's right. That's so, right. like, I'll ask. I I like asking questions. I like posting pictures. I like, um, you know, just sharing things that I've learned. So, yeah, that's it's definitely that's what I fun. Like to post. It's definitely interesting because a lot of like, I'll ask a question and I'll have a video that has ten thousand views, but it will have like a thousand comments. And I would rather have that than the million dollar million view video with like no engagement. Yeah. I mean, there's a trade off there. I mean, the million view video makes money to pay for some of the other stuff, but like, I, I guess, so they both have value, but like, I, I enjoy the engagement for sure. It's a lot of fun. The, um, back to what long story was saying, and this, this came up with Matt and I last week or the week before, whenever it was is, um like my my account started with prepping and actually i think like my first video was like a political political ish video and early on my account had a lot of political type videos and i've gone through and since removed those videos because i i realized the further i got into my account was I didn't want to be divisive and I have my own personal beliefs on things and my personal beliefs have evolved and changed over the years, but I didn't want to be divisive. So, yeah, I mean, like I, I have very strong beliefs on the way that I, on what I think is right and wrong and, and political beliefs and about our government and our system. And I try to not post as much a ton of that out there because it is divisive and I would much rather educate people and, entertain people in the sense of um, getting them to maybe own chickens or a garden and start their first garden. Like I heard somebody say, Hey, you're the reason that I started my first garden. Like I started my first garden this year because of your videos. Like, like to me, that means more than anything to inspire people. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, do you inspire people and do you get people to step out of their comfort zone and start a garden or get chickens by being divisive. No, you don't. So, you yeah, know, I don't post that kind of stuff out there. I used to, but I don't anymore. So am I being deceptive? I don't think so. I just choose not to post it because 
I don't want to be divisive. I don't want to be that guy anymore. When I get messages from people, like I'll, I'll post an interview and be like, people that are doing way more than I am, be like, wow, this was an awesome interview. I learned blah, 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 blah. Like I was, it, it blows me away because I'm just like, I assumed you would have known that already. But like, I guess I'm asking good questions that these other people are, you know, also getting value from whatever I'm asking talking about. Yeah, I had, um, so my cousin, uh, my cousin came and spent the night, my cousin and his girlfriend came and spent the night with us this past weekend. And, um, like, I don't tell people, like people that I know, I don't tell them about my, uh, uh, social media account just because I don't, I don't know. I just, I tried for a very long time to keep, and maybe, maybe you've got a problem with that, Matt. I don't know. I tried to keep like people that I knew in person from finding this account just because I didn't want the attention. I didn't want the, the, um, I don't know. I just didn't want people that I knew saying, Oh, you've got a TikTok account or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It turns out nobody cares. So go ahead. Well, you say, well, I, I found that out, but like, so they, so they came by and it's like, they're like, Hey, I, I kind of want to have chickens. And it's like, it took everything in me to not say, well, Hey, go check out my Twitter account, or Twitter, but TikTok account, you know, it's, um, I was going somewhere with that. I don't remember now. But you say people don't care. I have a brother that hasn't spoken to me in two years because of one tweet that I tweeted. <laughs> what did you tweet? Right, uh, boy. I bet it was a banger. Uh, it, it was actually a political tweet, and that was shocking. Right. Um, I don't even remember what I said now. Uh, he 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 doesn't remember what I said now. But y'all still aren't talking. <laughs> I've tried several times. He will not talk to me. He, I, I angered him deeply. He was like, "I didn't know you. I didn't know you had views like that." What uh, yeah. to send a certain uh, certain people into a wood chipper? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know the funny thing about that is you you know uh, some of the views that you have. Uh, what I find at least is the more you the more you get involved in you know, real things, like tangible things that you can touch, that you can feel. And especially when you're involved in nature, um, it, it, I don't know, it, you cannot stay the same. And, and I, and I'll say that, like, the other thing that happened to me is I, I lived, I lived three years in, um, you know, and well, more than that, but I've lived in Mexico and Chile. When you live in other countries, you come back to the U.S. I don't know what Shudra would think of this, but the the, the press is different, and and all of a sudden your views are completely like you're like, wait a minute, why did I, you know, why did I think that Fox News and CNN and MSNBC were like, you know, why did I think that was a reasonable source of anything really? I mean, it, it just it all sounds so shrill when you've left the country and come back, and then we start touching real things and and actually being involved with nature, it, it makes it feel even more shrill. That's my point of view, at least. And I don't think you can say the same. I don't think you can keep the same politics. And I don't. I don't necessarily think that it becomes, you know, you know, that I'm less of, of a traditionalist or a conservative or, you know, uh, in favor of traditional values and, and kind of a, a limited, you know, constitutionalist government or republic. But I don't see the people that claim to support those things as being a true alternative or even a real solution to the problems that we face. So, 
my 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 views my what i think i want for society hasn't changed at all but i no longer see the people that offer themselves as solutions to be you know anything other than propaganda or or, or conmen so i don't know well i think i think especially living um a lifestyle close to nature like we do um there's definitely change that takes place so if i look at myself 12 years ago um i was very very super conservative I was a supporter of big business ceos were the saviors blah 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 um, now while i still hold conservative values um, i'm very much environmentalist especially in my local mm -hmm. area um working with nature has given me a deeper appreciation than i've ever had and it's kind of strange because i grew up rurally out in the out in the middle of nowhere and uh you know it's, it's just different being in it versus working with it and I think, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to say is is it's natural to, to grow and change. You know, the, the post I made that made my brother mad three years ago, I no longer hold those views anymore. <laughs> that, that's, there's the crazy thing about him not talking to me anymore. I don't hold those views anymore, but I said it, and it was divisive. And that was enough. Yep. And that was enough. So now, if you look at my... Twitter, I really don't post anything political at all. I, I learned my lesson there. To say what you and Longstory had said, kind of play off that, is the more you get outside and the more you build and the more you do dig in the dirt, tend to animals, the more it comes to realize that none of it, none of it truly matters. And it becomes, and it starts to get very frustrating because it's like, Everybody else gets continuously dragged into it, caught up into it, swept away by the newest, hottest title, but you just couldn't really care less, you know? And and to say what Padre just said, you know, about being like super big business, and you come to realize the people who run these big businesses, it's just pretty much all the same people. And it's all become subsidized corporatism. And so it's just, it's... I get so exhausted listening to people still bicker back and forth about the same crap that both sides are in on when you need to look, when you need to go stock your pantry or you need to go straighten up your yard or you need to do this or you need to do that. Everybody's trying to fix the world instead of their community and their households. Well, they think that one side's going to fix everything when in reality what fixes everything is people not trusting the system and mm -hmm. depending more on themselves and less on the system. Well, I think, I think what you're both really saying is that the political system is offering abstractions that really, when you start dealing with things that are tangible, those abstractions just start to feel, you know, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Yes. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, when, when you start abstracting a solution at a global level for global warming, what are you even talking about? Like, what are you talking about? It's like, it's one thing you're I talking, talking about. You're talking about money is what you're talking about. You're yeah, talking so about I, funding, lining people, lining the richest pockets even more through, mm -hmm. through claiming that we're going to fix uh, climate change. Like, which usually involves more subsidization of a field that probably does more harm to natural ecosystems than anything else. 
-hmm. but they but they can talk about these things in these big abstract terms that don't mean anything and like what i was going to say is what i love about shudra's post is basically he's just really consistent <laughs> plant trees ten last stock you know i mean that's not abstract it, you know if, if you go tell someone hey global warming's a problem why don't you go plant 10 trees every you know every six months that'll fix things well well no, nobody makes money for that you know but if you make this right. grand abstraction you can create a permanent bureaucracy that feeds that abstraction and will never solve the problem whether by design or not it'll just never solve the problem i'll believe it's by but design real, if, if they real people are are watching and paying attention to everything that people post so like the fact that some of us can just like drop somebody that you know even if you align with them like politically and you know lifestyle all these things like oh yeah you know they're pretty cool but you know i just sometimes things that really... you post like you just got to drop them because like they're they're actually fake like, I'm dealing you're just, with this you're just not authentic, so you got to drop them and just like you can pull the wool over some people's eyes, but the ones like true connections, like like here, like everybody here, like we're except, except we're authentic me, people. You're fine. You get a, a <laughs> I, I. You're fine. I I vetted you. You're fine. Um, he texts me today. He goes, "We good?" <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear from you after we hung up. I didn't think that there was a response needed. <laughs> I thought we were good. Just making sure. I didn't. I'd have to call I you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. We're good. I'm kind of going through what you're talking about, Matt, with like kind of people cutting people out on Twitter. But this is more. I don't post anything really anywhere. I you try don't to post keep. At all. I try to keep exactly because I try not to say too much because believe it or not, in person never, you've never tried to not say too much, Grant. <laughs> in person, I'm very I can be considered abrasive and sometimes offensive. And when I just I think every time I'm trying Versus to post online? something online, yeah, or or reply to somebody specific when it has like my name attached, when it's like uh, on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, I'm just or TikTok. It's just like, is it really worth me? taking the energy to reply to this person who's probably too stupid to understand what I'm saying. And then I just move on. I'm but I'm, I've been dealing with, because I don't want people to know what I think, because I don't want them to have any somewhat ammunition against me to use in kind of any way. It's like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, like you'd removed all your old videos. But I'm dealing with this irritating person in real life. Um, and they're not, it's like they're living in their head and not in reality when it comes to like the whole idea of gardening and making money from it. They're, they're becoming, they're becoming, it's becoming to a point, it's just, it's too much in, energy for me to interact with them for such a short period of time. That's, that's why on my Twitter, I'm, a lot of people um, know me for posting my fails and posting my hardships. Because there is such this um, authenticity. Yeah, I try to give them some authenticity because it's not—it's not easy to do. There's this fantasy that exists of what self-sufficiency or home building or, or whatever you want to call it is supposed mm -hmm. to be. And I try to to burst bubbles as much as possible, um, using my own uh, 
real life situations. Grant knows many of the hardships I've been through. Matt knows many of the hardships I've been through. And, you know, you just, I tell people, this is what happens and it, it, it sucks. And it's part of it. You just got to move on. And, and I have turned people off from wanting to garden and homestead. But like Jeremy, um, a year and a half ago, I posted a tweet about, I was like, if you live in an apartment building, grab a five-gallon bucket, a potato, and plant it on your balcony. I had photo after photo after photo in my DMs. People, oh, my God, I've grown my first plant. I've grown my first plant. Look at this. I'm just excited. It's an amazing um, feeling to inspire someone. It is. So, you know, you have to you have to inspire where you can, and you have to be real uh, everywhere else. And, yep. and just let people know, because... I've met so many people that went into this thinking, oh, I'm going to go buy 20 acres and a bunch of goats and a bunch of chickens and <laughs> plant a big garden. And six months later, they're selling everything because they're in over their heads. Uh-huh. Uh, I told, I was telling my cousin this the other day that, you know, I've failed so many times at trying to garden. I've, I've lost chickens because I screwed up somewhere and I didn't take care of them like I should have. I didn't protect them from predators. Like I've done all these things. And my wife says, um, specifically to gardening, well, if you keep failing every year, why do you keep doing this? I said, well, because eventually I'll figure it out. Yeah. Like she goes, okay. Like, like that's like, so yeah, to your point, Padre, like you don't go by 20 acres and, and go – jump head first into it. I mean, you can, but you're probably going to have a lot of hardships, like ease into it, step into it. You know, this year grow three, you know, three different vegetables and next year grow five and then 10 and then 15. I mean, like, like step into things like get I have a hard chickens time or quail or yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, but like, but like start small and then work your way up because it becomes addictive. Mm -hmm. to, to start growing stuff and thinking, well, now what can I plant? Like I had, man, I, I, no joke. I probably had 30 plants this year that I had nowhere to put them. Yeah. Nowhere to put them. Yeah. That always happens. Then he just kind of built more raised beds because I started with eight, then had 12, then had 30 and then 50 and now I have eight. So every spring, if you go into my, I call it my seed house. Um, I have way more plants than I got room for. Yeah, I'm I'm ridiculous about it. Mm -hmm. I ended up but, with yeah. about a hundred tomatoes too many, and I just started planting them in the yard. You know, Jeremy, what you said about failures, I can honestly say over the past decade, I've had more failures than I've had successes. Dang. But because of those failures, my successes are bigger than my failures. Yep. So that's well, and a failure. And here's the thing, though, and, and I, I say this to people all the time I, don't, I, get, I probably should say it in a video because i don't know that i ever have but like failures are a good thing as long if as you, you learn are, yeah yep yeah but you know uh, I, I agree with you but but <laughs> sorry for that um i think there's a there's a level of conscientiousness among some people that allows them to be persistent and there's persistence and there's consciousness that not everybody has and and then there's there's probably some other um you know qualities that people have that make them more prone to actually examine and see what's what's working i mean you know the you know the permaculture principle observe and interact um like a lot of people don't do that like they 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 look at gardening as following a recipe you know so like 
Oh, oh, I, I got the recipe from the uh, ladies auxiliary cookbook and I, and I made the casserole and, and they think gardening is going to be the same thing. But you got to be yeah. watchful, you know, you got to be observing, interacting because you don't know which pest is going to show up. You don't know which pest is going to show up when. I mean, we went, yeah. we went two seasons with no squash bugs and all of a sudden they wiped out everything, you know? Um, and, you know, we, I wasn't able to keep up with them, but, you know, we know how to control them. If we, if we see them, we find them in time, we can control them. But, you know, again, I think there's there's people that are going to be, you know, generally going to be successful or, or persistent at least, um, and and that can observe and interact and actually learn from it. But I, well, I, I see true. a lot they of people getting out right now. So getting out of so, trying to grow their own food, out of homesteading in general. Really? Here, yeah. Where are you at? I'm in South Carolina. Hmm. Like, and I don't. I mean, I just see like, and maybe it's just what I see online, but like, I see a lot of people getting into it i think there's I a cycle a right now i think there's a flow You're probably because, right yeah and i see people selling of, goats for me kind of i've been a habitual craigslist browser for about 15 years now <laughs> and uh usually going into fall going into winter a lot of people will sell off herds they'll sell off a lot of livestock and now is probably when you're seeing a lot of people jump ship specifically is because they couldn't make it during the spring and summer. They're not going to make it during the fall and winter. Um, they, but the they same bought thing, that 20 acres thinking they were going to be successful. Yeah. And see, there's and a difference between easy. There's a, there's a, you can jump in head first, but you better be ready to handle your, the task ahead of you. So for me, you know, I don't really like to think of it jumping in head first, hit the ground running. So when if we get this land, um, it's 13 acres. That's 13 acres that needs severe rehabilitation on every single level, from rebuilding the soil to taking back lost fence lines and property lines to thinning out dead dead trees, giving better forest and pasture ratios, um, all kinds of different things. But at the same time, we learn in, in like landscaping and horticulture, you don't really want to mess with your landscape for a, if it's a new place for the first year or two, because you don't, you don't know the sun yet. You don't know the weather yet. You don't know what, how you need to structure and lay out your land. The same thing can be used in the permaculture and way when you're building your landscape to be an edible food forest. You kind of need to know the land you're working with before you really start to try to change it and work with it. Yeah, yeah I mean, like a lot you of when you buy a couple that. acres, it, observe it for a year. Mm -hmm. Observe where the sun sets, where the dew settles, where the where the the shade is, where the wind blows. Yeah. Yeah, and e even then, I've been on this property for ten years now, and I'm still learning stuff about the property. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I think a lot of people jump into it, um, even go the route you guys are talking about, and then think they know it all on year three. Yeah, I yeah. The minute I you this... think that you've got it all figured out, you've right. You are have deceived yourself. Like, and and there's some with... people. There's some people that thrive. They thrive on jumping into head first, going all in, and being put up under that stress. You know, they're they're they are there. I've met them. He's right and there. I... I would say that's kind of me, but at the same time, when I'm looking at this, I've already done all the math on what it takes per pound, 
for to grow out chicken, how much food I need, you know, all the things I need for all the things I plan to do. So I have the material I need before I start. So when I order 300 chickens, I can make sure they get finished. And when I start my, you know, it, ideally, if we can get this and I can get enough material, I'd like to have 33,000 square feet basically under production. So is that that is that's ideal you also have to be realistic that you may only have a core i may only have a quarter of that under production within the first couple of years um well i mean i'll say i'm probably one of the people that likes to always be overloaded um i, I kind of thrive on that that stress but one of the things that's happened to me especially with my day job being a little more demanding and last less especially the last eight or nine months is that I can't keep up like I can't. So I've, that's one reason that getting rid of those four pigs and those two goats last a couple weekends ago, was such a big deal to me. Cause like I was not, you know, I was spending time and energy containing animals that don't want to be contained and are good at getting out. <laughs> and I was, you know, providing feed for them and they, they, they had no, I had no, place for them in my farm I didn't, I didn't have any plan to use them in my farm not as a meat animal not as a breeding animal i just didn't have a use for them and it took me forever it took me like six months to kind of finally just make the decision that no in in fact i'm never going to butcher that hog and i don't have time to deal with this it's time to move them out and i actually got like 650 bucks from the sale on animals that were just costing me money and I think that's the other thing that some people do in this thing is they, 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 like, if you're a hoarder of animals, that's an expensive habit, you know, like it's one thing to have like a mail order habit and be, you know, buying crap online or whatever and stick it in your spare bedroom. It's a whole nother thing to have a live animal out there, you know, eating at 50 pounds of feet a day. That's, that's, it gets pretty expensive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't have a horse because they're expensive lawn ornaments. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep telling my wife that she desperately wants a horse, and I, I don't. I want a horse nope. to ride. Like, I just, but yeah. It's probably cheaper to go uh, just ride. Yeah. Well, ride and, and there's a lot of decisions like that at homesteading that I think people are not good at making either. It's like, what's the thing that I should do versus what I should pay someone to do? What should I buy versus make? And, and we going back to the idea of being, you know, fully self-sufficient as an individual, which is, you know, a fool's errand. Um, but people go off on that fool's errand, hardcore, like we were saying, jumping in with both feet. And then they're they're sitting there going, oh, well, I have to learn small engine repair and beekeeping and candle making and soap making and, you know, uh, small scale grain production and animal husbandry. I mean, you can't you can't do all of that in, in, a, in the space of a couple of years. Um, it takes it takes probably, you know, uh, three or four. Right. I'm just kidding. But anyway, if you were to start, because everything you just said, I fully intend to do, but you have to be realistic about your expectations. You know, right. are you going to be, are you going to be producing honey at a full production, soap at full production, candles at full production? No, you're going to, you're going to start. And then as you learn and get better, know what you're doing, then you can scale. But if I want to grow, you know, 10 by 10 plot of wheat, a 10 by 10 plot of amaranth, some oats and this to help kind of understand if you ever really had to get into where you needed to grow your own grain to, you know, to feed your chickens and to, do, to have, you know, some excess on hand, it's helpful to know. But 
the expectation I think of a lot of people get is going into this, being able to just start everything right away. And what I've been wanting to bring up that, that I get told quite frequently is it's, 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 it's not a sprint. It's a, whatever, you know, y'all know the saying. Um, it's a marathon. Not a it's sprint. not a sprint. It's a whatever. <laughs> It's a whatever. It's not a it's Grant's a like, yeah, I thought that was stupid. So I so, sprint all the time. I sprint everywhere I go. So, you know, you take that as, as you do, but it's also, I, I'd like to get some stuff done. You know, my, my, my marathon may be a faster, maybe a faster marathon than your sprint. Well, back to the, to the, to the self-sufficiency thing. You know, one thing I like to bring up to people when they talk about it is, um, like, okay, you're going to be self-sufficient with your food. You're going to grow 100% coal. How are you going to store it? And 9 out of 10 of them say, I'm going to can it. And then my question is, where are you going to get the jars and the lids? Yep. Or I'm going to blow some glass. You, you can, can hoard them, but eventually they run out. Eventually they run out. So, or candle making. Talk about learning the skill of candle making. Where are you going to get your wax? Your bees. Bees. That's a Someone lot of bees. bees? I don't That's know. a lot of bees. But see, you just said it's someone else's bees. That's not your bees. You're no longer self-sufficient. Yeah, I wouldn't really want to get into candle making unless it's really just kind of to use the beeswax you have from having bees. You know, more for we, personal use. We make candles. We sell a lot of candles here. Um, I use soy wax. All my wax comes from a soy farm in Louisiana, you know, right next door to me. So, you know, there's it's so hard. It's 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 almost impossible to be self sufficient, completely self sufficient. Yeah. So you know you can you can learn things like smoking meat or uh, pickling or you know I'm making sauerkraut right now, fermenting foods, and those are all great. Uh, like making vinegar, you know that's one well, well, hole I went. Padre, Padre, go one. Go, look, what you just said. How many people have salt on hand to do fermented foods? Because they'll say, I'm going to make sauerkraut. I'll salt it. I'll cure my own meats. But, man, if you're going to do that, if you're going to make sauerkraut and cure meats, you need hundreds of pounds of salt. Yes. Hundreds of pounds of salt. And, exactly. by the way, it can't be iodized, and you need to have probably some pink salt on hand unless you're really brave and you want to go, you know, uh, you know, assume away the risk of botulism or you're going to try celery juice powder, which how are you going to grow that much celery, especially in a place like where we live? I mean, there's a lot of things out there that people are underestimating that you would have to have either the ability to trade for or you'd have to stockpile. And Absolutely. You know, and, and, it's and crazy. I have, like, I have, I have about 70 pounds of Himalayan salt that I got at an insane discount from, like, a place like Big Lots. And so that, that's – I think, like, you do, you know, you're, you're not – come at this from a prepper's perspective of if, if – the the current trade systems we have go down you know you have to ha be able to have a stockpile so if you need to cu do cured meats you have the salt if you need to can you know 500 pounds of fruit you've managed to accumulate through the spring and summer you need that you have enough sugar to make sure you can can it all and see now you know salt hoarding is possible because we live in a day and age where we, we have pretty easy access to salt um, it's cheap for it's the most cheap. part you know, look back through history, salt was worth gold. I have made my own salt. You know, I live near the ocean. It's not an easy process, and it is a long process. Mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, 
salt water in a canister and let the sun evaporate all the water and it takes forever <laughs> but you you don't get much out of it either no you don't so you know it's uh if you want to be self-sufficient you gotta there and there's ways you know there's ways you can have a root cellar you can grow a lot of root crops to overwinter in your root cellar and then but you know the variety of what you're eating is going to be greatly reduced and i don't think most people are prepared for that i'm not prepared for that no, no, not at all. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I like the fact that I can buy Mexican strawberries in December. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that's a another thing that's interesting. I, I lived in upstate New York for a couple of years, and uh, I was probably neighbors with you. But anyway, um, I was in uh, upstate New York, and there's these Amish, you know, a lot of Amish around there. And I read a, an article in one of the little, like, local newspaper things, and it was saying that the Amish understand the cost of a head of lettuce in January. And I think that's another thing people don't quite understand. Like, like you're saying, Padre, you, you're if you're truly facing some sort of self-sufficiency goal or or need, uh, how much is it going to cost you to have a head of lettuce or broccoli or whatever it is in January? Um, that, that it's it's something most people can't calculate. Yeah. So it, where you're at in South Carolina, or where I'm definitely where Matt's at, you know, that's lettuce is not happening in January. Where I yeah. live, I grow lettuce in January. Lettuce sucks anyways. I can, I can grow it in January, but it, it grows about like a quarter inch a month or something. <laughs> it grows pretty slow. I mean, like, throw it in a greenhouse and heat it. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, I've got I'm, I've got I've got all that stuff. And I've got tropical citrus in zone eight A, so I'm doing all that stuff. But, but what I was yeah, gonna say kind of what you said about the reduction of variety is I mean and honest, that's a luxury that we have now, like ice, that if we're in a true self-sufficient situation, we're not going to have that luxury anymore. And that's I think it's almost, that's, that's almost dreaming to think that you'll be able to have strawberries in December. Oh, or, Matt's got to do is hike up the nearest mountain and get some snow. Yeah. 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 Um, but the, the snow in the mountains opinion, right now. In my opinion, I think your self-sufficiency goal needs to be as closed loop as you can make it you know yeah it will never be perfect but it needs to be as kind of as closed loop as you can get it boss but at the same time don't cut out your community build your community build with your community well and if you're going to be if your goal is 100 percent self-sufficiency you have to tailor your goal to where you live so you know this and this number one bestseller book on amazon on self-sufficiency is not going to work for everybody you know the person in northern Maine doesn't have the luxury I have in South Mississippi. I grow 11 months out of the year down here. Um, the month I don't grow is August. It's too freaking hot. The sun kills everything. Too hot, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, but it's still very And it doesn't rain. And it doesn't rain. So, but I, I would still have to live very seasonally. I can grow December, January, February, fine. But I'm going to be eating kale, lettuce cabbage collard greens yep. you know it's going to be a yep. leafy green diet yep I'll, I'll never forget the family that the the first introduction i had to homesteading was a tv show that i saw and uh, i couldn't remember the name of it but it was this family that lived in suburban california and they had a homestead and they like their yard like like they lived on a quarter acre half acre quarter acre something like that 
they had a traditional house but like their front yard like all their neighbors were like pristine lawns and then their yard was like vegetables everywhere and they had um they couldn't have a goat as livestock but they could have a goat as a pet in the city and so they had a pet goat they nice. got milk from like, like it was How does that but, but their whole thing but their whole thing was we eat seasonally we eat what we grow yep. when we can grow it and i'm like huh like that was like a light bulb moment for me like oh you don't just eat the same thing all year round because you can go buy it at the store like you eat what you can grow yep or preserve so right well, all right I, let's I, let, let's wrap this up oh, it's been a long man. episode long story has something to say i've been watching his face no, I was just going to say, like eating seasonally, that goes back to this food preservation. I was going to say, like, uh, you know, salting meats, cheeses. Like, how, how did you preserve dairy over a winter? Cheese, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, there, there's and just, wax. you know, lots of different ways that, that people, our ancestors preserve food to be able to make it through a winter. And most people are not, you know, they, they think of most of those things as, uh, if you think of like a, you know, extreme, the vegan, they think that all of that is inhumane. You wouldn't even survive a winter without those things. Yep. If you can't fly them from the equator. Anyway, all right, I'll shut up, Matt. Sorry. No, it's yeah. fine. I I usually ask like, you know, what do you guys want to wrap up on? And <clears throat> that sounds great. Cheese. 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 Excellent. Cheese. All right, uh, Jeremy, do your thing. Matt, do a thing. Uh, TikTok. Instagram, YouTube, and apparently not Facebook. Uh, <laughs> uh, chickens, homesteading, prepping a little bit, gardening, videos, content. Awesome. Sounds uh, sounds great. At Do We Like Donuts Everywhere. Well, that's not what it said, but <laughs> it's not. No more. Oh, I didn't see it. Come on, man. Um, do me like that. I am too busy with totes and goats. Um, I'm actually picking up another goat tomorrow that was given to me. Uh, I traded a goat. I, I got paid in a goat as a stud fee and then swapped another buck for a buck. So I'm probably going to take those four to the, to the stockyard. I don't necessarily need them. Whether two bucks and then a retarded dwarf, I don't like dwarf goats. So I'm just going to get them going. And then, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to post anything anywhere ever again. All right, you probably, cool. You probably shouldn't. I don't what think people to, need to know uh, my business. What happened to um, the duck stealing from the park? Oh, okay. man, yeah. So I was I was really, really excited to lead a campaign on taking all the ducks from all the parks. So I went one morning at about 6 o'clock as soon as the park opened, and there was this crazy lady running around with a bag of corn, dumping out like 20 pounds of corn to feed these ducks. And then uh, I stopped her and asked her what she's doing and all that. She was very, like, she was very running, right? She was legitimately running, pouring out a mound of corn, running. She's feeding these ducks. She's been feeding them for the last three years. she had a body years. cam. That would have been awesome. <laughs> she's, she's been feeding these ducks for the last three years. Um, and then when I told her what I wanted her to do, she kind of got personal with it. It was like, well, I, I like to come out and look and see where you're taking them. Will they have access to water? Do they have a pond? I'm like, yeah, sure, lady. Um, hey, and then if you these, let her come out, she'll feed them for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> and then there's these two. Yeah, it's not like the kind of person you want on your property. Exactly. Hell no. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I lost interest. Uh, she says, uh, she said there was a couple. Uh, she, she's like, you can take the males. I'm like, well, if I'm going to take ducks, I'm going to just take all of them. You know, I'll eat, I'll eat the ones I don't want and keep the other ones around. <laughs> um, just got fat on corn. Just because they're, 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 in my opinion, they're a nuisance at the park. There's geese and there's wild mallards at the park all the time. People just abandon these animals and expect them to have the same quality of life as a wild animal when they're when they're completely domesticated. Um, but then there were these two I was gonna get. I was gonna get from a park. The one I actually picked it up. I petted it. I held it for like thirty minutes. I didn't have anything to take it home in. And I went back the next week, and both of them were gone. So I gave up. I but think I'm she's taking them. I think she's beating you to it. She's taking no, this them. Is home. A, this is a different park. Crazy um, duck lady. Yeah, but uh, I'm probably gonna check back up in spring and then like steal their, their babies. Sounds good. <laughs> Kidnapping ducks. Baby ducks. Baby ducks. <laughs> Baby ducks. All right, thanks. Uh oh crap. I'm not ready. Here it is. Uh Padre, the loaf king. Loaf king. <laughs> I saved that from last time. All right, at Padre Homestead on TikTok, smith-homestead.com. Uh, our website, which I am going to take this week, and I'm redoing the entire website. But you said TikTok or Twitter? Do uh, TikTok. Huh. I have I have a Twitter, but I, or a TikTok. I'm sorry, at Twitter, I have a TikTok, but I don't post anything on it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, anyway, if you use code FarmHopLife at checkout, you get ten percent off your entire order. I didn't even use the discount code, and he gave me back money anyways. <laughs> you ship? Oh, there he is. He does. He does. Yeah, he ships. His hot sauces are, are you know, a very hot topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was awful. That was Scott, awful. That was Scott, bad. Scott Kansas Jeez, is my biggest fan, man. He, he buys so much hot sauce from me. I know. He reps it so hard in the Telegram. He does. He does. Awesome. Are you uh, still where, trying to do your food truck? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, do the food truck. To me? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, work. Well, we're working on getting the food truck right now. Um, taking the. Uh, actually, I'm taking a hot dog cart route. So, okay. Are you uh, gonna make hot dogs? No, no. It's gonna be uh, tacos and burritos. Okay. But, uh, they, they they make some pretty nice ones. It's like six grand. Tows behind your vehicle. It's got all your burners, your refrigerator, your your hot sections, uh, or sink. Everything the health department requires for establishment. So, do, do you have to have a commissary day. kitchen? Do you have to have a commissary sure. kitchen in Mississippi or no? No, this will be a uh, they issue food truck license. Interesting. They don't do that here. You have to have a commissary kitchen. Hmm. Uh, so I can uh, I can get a catering license and rent a kitchen and do it that way. But uh, it's that's a pain in the butt. It's easier. Uh, to, to go Padre, Padre, that's not very authentic. I thought you said you weren't Mexican. Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, he just looks it. He just I, looks. I don't know what I am anymore. <laughs> He's somebody adopt me, please. Well, Joel on Twitter, he adopted me. He, he tells everybody I'm his Mexican brother. Perfect. There you go. Permission. Permission granted. Long Story Farms. 
Hey, man. Well, uh, look out for us uh, Oktoberfest in Newberry this coming Saturday, uh, Newberry, South Carolina. And look for our farm to open 1207 Main Street, our farm store to open 1207 Main Street sometime later this year or early next year. Uh, we'll, we'll let you know as we have more details. And uh, I used to live in Mexico, and I had a Mexican gemelo. So um, love it. Love Mexican people. Look, I'm going I'm to be in your area the week after Christmas. I need that store open before I get there. Man, come on by, man. <laughs> nice. Well, you guys uh, are all invited. Come on by. I'll, I'm on my way. As soon as right. work sends me there, I'm on my way. Sudra. Um, currently only on Twitter, the Sudra way. It'll be all about planting trees, cultivating garden, and tending the livestock. You got a website too, right? Uh, yeah, I haven't. Kind of. I really need to reboot that website. All right. Maybe next time. Shudraway.com. All right. And I'm at DeRosier from HopLife.com. We are traveling host and family. I do a podcast of interviews, this men's forum, and a little series I called Famous Famous Farmers. I just did some French dude that uh, Alan Savory stole, his, stole all his ideas from. Sorry. Inspired. Inspired by, and next episode <laughs> is Step Holzer. I'm going to do Step Holzer next. So Drake wanted to do that one. And that's it. I don't know what we're talking about next time. Probably what we were going to talk about this this time. So, all right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, good. good night. See you next time. All right. See you all. Later. <laughs>